Hi guys, this is Dr. Manette with Sewing Peace. I hope and pray all is well with you and yours. Welcome back to another one of my videos on YouTube, to my podcast, and to Wisdom Community where I speak live. Um, today's topic is about the power of the Holy Ghost or the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I did this message yesterday on Wisdom Community Live, and um, I'm just redoing it again because I don't think it was all the way what... Uh, the Lord wanted me to say, or I don't know. Um, as I was listening to it, I was like, you know what? That's not it. That's not the full message. I need to keep writing and keep uh, seeking from the Lord what it is that he wants me to talk about. I know what he wants me to talk about, but I needed it to be clear and effective. So I deleted it. I'm doing it again live, but for the first time on YouTube and my podcast uh, platforms. So, uh, again, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And before I get started uh, with this message, I want to give you a little bit of background um, as to what led me to this message or this topic. So recently in the past few weeks, maybe even a month or so, um, I'm not 100% sure, um, I have been seeing the same pattern uh, going on in my life. So typically when I see the same pattern, it's A, God is speaking to me and want me to do something. And two, God wants me to uh, create a message and put it out on a podcast or YouTube or something like that. He wants me to give a teaching. Um, for this particular message that I am doing, <clears throat> I don't know if this is a message that uh, it's necessarily for everyone. I think it's kind of a personal message for me, and I'm just going to share it with all of you so that maybe it could um, encourage you. It might encourage you, um, but I think it's more so a revelation for myself as a believer in Christ. So um, just really quickly, um, I've been a believer since I was about 15 years old. I'm in my 40s now. And um, it was around 36 or 37 years old when I first was like, you know what, um, I'm really all in. Like I gave my life to at 15 to Christ. I was baptized and I sincerely meant it, but I was undiscipled and I went back into the world for about 22 years. I've said that on several of my platforms, but um, anyway, but at 36 or 37 years old, um, I kind of went through, after being in the world for 22 years, I kind of went through this thing where I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to submit myself completely to you. So I was, um, I guess recommitting my life back to God and, um, and I was serious about it. And I told the Lord that I would read the word of God and I wouldn't put it down. And so since then, God has done a lot of things through me. Uh, he has sanctified me. He has turned my life around. He has set my feet on solid ground. I know that's like a song or something, but it is the truth, you know, and, uh, he's made me very, very firm in the word. He has educated me in the scriptures. He has given me the ability to, um, uh, uh, teach about this, teach the scriptures and give much understanding. Right. But now that, um, it's almost 10 years later, not quite, maybe eight years later. Or so, um, seven, maybe seven years. Um, I, since that moment, um, I believe God is speaking to me 
to kind of move me into a new territory or maybe a new level in the spirit. So, and I'll tell you why we're going to get into all of that. And this is what led um, my experiences. These patterns I have been seeing is what led me to this message, which as I was writing it and completing it, I knew, okay, this is for me. Um, God is revealing something to me and, um, and, um, you know, and I need to move into it. So I'll explain. Um, so anyway, I've been seeing these patterns and the three patterns I've been seeing is number one, I have been having dreams about speaking in tongues. Uh, I have never spoken in tongues before. Like I said, I've been a believer for about 26, 27 years. Uh, I have never spoken in tongues, but um, I believe that God might be trying to give me a gift or he's going to give me a gift in this season to help expand the kingdom of God. So I've always believed in the Bible. I believe what the word of God says about speaking in tongues, but I have never really experienced speaking in tongues. Um, there was just one time after I got baptized, um, I want to say maybe, no, it was the next day. So I got baptized the day before Easter. And then on Easter is when I went before the church and they announced to the church that I had been saved and I gave my life to Christ. And it was in that moment that uh, my mouth had begun to move uncontrollably, but I didn't understand speaking in tongues then. I thought maybe I was just cold or nervous or something, but I was trying to control it and um, it wouldn't stop. So I don't know if that was in, um, that was the time of the evidence of the spirit that day. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't think that I've ever experienced that gift. Um, number two. So number one, one of the patterns I've been having are the, are dreams about speaking in tongues. Number two, um, I am now being surrounded by people who speak in tongues. Uh, these connections are not necessarily forced connections, but it's almost like divine connections. And all of them have the ability to speak in this gift. So that's number one. And we are, um, I, I, um, you know, I'm just going to leave that there. But anyway, they just have this ability to speak in gifts and we've been connecting spiritually. And so I think that it is a divine connection. Number three, uh, God has been repeatedly uh, showing me one word and one scripture particularly. And the word that he has been showing me is power. Not only power, but the reason for the power. So we will get into that in this message in just a little bit, but he has been showing me the power and the reason for the power uh, through messages at church. So through the scriptures, um, my daughter, she had created an art craft uh, from church uh, yesterday and the craft was about uh, power, is about power. And I'll tell you the scripture a little bit later. So um, then before I even decided to write this message out. I remember uh, when this was kind of first being introduced to me by the Lord, uh, I got into the shower and um, that's when sometimes the Lord would really just speak to me. And he dropped this scripture or the understanding of this scripture in my spirit. And so he was saying, separate the power from the gifts. 
And I'll explain that a little bit later, but just remember that he says, separate the power, like put the power in its own category and then put the gifts over here. And so, um, that was kind of a revelation for me. So before I get into the message, I will tell you about one dream. And then later on in the uh, message, I will tell you about the other dream and then I will connect them together. So the first dream I want to tell you about, <clears throat> I live next to a Walmart and I go there quite often. And when I go there, um, I'm usually ministering to people, either praying for people or I'm just ministering to people. And so in this dream, uh, there was a Muslim couple and they're sitting in a car and it's dark outside. It's very dark outside. And uh, so they're sitting in this car and they look like they're homeless. And so I see a man standing at the driver's side window and he's talking to the husband, I believe, the Muslim husband. And he's trying to offer them some sweets. He's trying to offer them like cupcakes, cookies, you know, all kinds of junk food. And the the husband, uh, the Muslim man, he didn't want uh, what this man was offering them. He didn't want it. It's just like, you know how a little kid like rejects broccoli or something? It was like that. And so the man was steady trying to give them all of this junk food. And he had already had some in the car. And he's like, it was like, I don't want any more of that. So I remember I walk, um, I walk up to the car next to the man. I look at the situation and I notice that the man looks cold. He has a blanket on him. His, um, no, at this time, I don't think I've seen the wife. No, I, I'm just looking at the man. He has a blanket on him. And then I asked him, I said, um, do you need a blanket? Would you like a blanket? And, uh, he, I don't remember him saying anything, but I left and then I went like in the parking lot to, to go find my truck. And I went to go get a blanket. Now in real life, I have a blanket in my truck and this blanket is in there because my desire was to give it to someone that was homeless uh, to to be warm with. I wanted to give it to someone, but I've been riding it around, riding around with it in my truck. So in the dream, I go get that blanket to bring it back to him. But I also end up with another blanket that is from my house somehow, and then some type of luggage, and I'm dragging it to the car. <clears throat> and when I get to the car, I give it to the man. And so by this time, I think the other man is gone. So next, after I give uh, the man the blanket, I, that's when I see his wife. She has a blanket on. It's kind of a thin blanket. And I realized, okay, they're cold. And so when I gave it to him, the man, he grabbed my hand very firmly. He grabbed, I mean, it was very strong. And when he grabbed it, he fell out of the car and he fell on the ground and he was like lying on his back. And then he had begun to pray. Now, um, because of the way he was dressed, uh, he, like I said, he was dressed like a, a person that is part of the Islamic religion. And um, he looked like a very Middle Eastern man. Um, I assume he was praying to the God that they believe in. So as he was praying and he was praying in his native language, um, I remember saying, no, we call on the name of Jesus. We call on Jesus, your creator. And as I was saying that, I had begun to pray over him and I start praying in a mighty way. 
But as I was praying, I felt the power of God. It was like, um, all I can explain, it was like power that came on me. And then I had begun to speak in tongues while the man was lying down on the ground. And as I'm speaking in tongues, Evidently, I'm speaking in this man's native language, but I don't know what I'm saying. He knows what I'm saying. But as I'm speaking in tongue, I can see his countenance change. And so when I finished praying and, and finished praying in, um, in tongues over him, his wife got out of the car and her and her husband, they stood up to me and they said, how must we be saved? That's what they asked me. How must we be saved? And so at this time, another lady appears next to me. She looks like she's an African-American woman. She has braids, cornrows, and she said, by faith. And I said also, yes, by faith. And then this is when the night became day and the couple left off free. They left off free. So this leads me into the book of Acts chapter one, verses one through eight. And this is where we're going to start in the scripture. And this is a scripture that I have been repetitively uh, seeing. And the, um, the word power has been repetitively uh, been seen, like I said, in the scriptures and my daughter's art um, uh, project from church or craft from church. And then um, me speaking in tongues, again, was a repetitive pattern in, in a dream. So again, this leads me to the book of Acts chapter one, verses one through eight. And this is where I am going to explain uh, to you guys. And um, I want to say to myself, but I've already, you know, um, the Lord has already helped me with this, but I'm going to explain to you the purpose of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And uh, just a little disclaimer here. I'm not talking about salvation or regeneration. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so um, we'll talk about what that means uh, here in just a little bit. So if you go to the book of Acts, or you can even say the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit, starting at verse one, the scripture says, the first account I compose, he says, Theophilus, okay, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After he had been, after he had given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles from whom he had chosen, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days, speaking of the things regarding the kingdom of God. So what's going on? Jesus Christ, God himself had already come in the flesh. Uh, he was walking this earth. He was um, here for over 30 years and he did his ministry and then he was crucified. He died and then he rose again for um, after three days. When he rose again for three days, he came back and he presented himself to the disciples. And, and he was speaking to them for over a period of 40 days regarding the things of the kingdom of God. So he was prophesying and he was foretelling what was going to happen next. So if you go to verse four, the scripture says that Jesus had gathered the disciples together and he commanded them, like he ordered them. He says, look, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't leave this place. He said, but to wait for what the father had promised which he said, you heard of, you heard of from me. So meaning I have already told you what the promise um, was. I told you that you're going to have to wait for it. So I'm telling you right now, do not leave this place, but stay here and wait for what the father had promised. 
And then Jesus go on to say, he says, listen, for John baptized with water. This is showing that the believers are already saved. He said, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, uh, they had begun to ask Jesus. They were saying, Lord, is it that this time that you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? Or is that what you're going to do? And Jesus said to them, he said, it is not for you to know periods of time or appointed times, which, which the father has said by his own authority. It's not, it's not for you to know that. He said, but this is what's going to happen. Go to verse eight. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest part of the earth. So in verse four, I want you, if you're following me in the word of God, I want you to circle, underline or highlight when Jesus tell the disciples that he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised. Highlight that, okay? Now you wanna answer the question, what did the father promise? Well, let's go back to verse eight. Again, you can circle, underline, or highlight this particular uh, verse. Verse eight, Jesus told the disciples, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, okay? So the promise is the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. And the Holy Spirit will come with power, will come with power. What does Jesus mean when he says the Holy Spirit is going to come with power? Well, it's going to come. He's going to come with influence, control, authority. The Holy Spirit is coming with energy, vitality, activity, drive, and force. So that's why in verse eight, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay. So again, the Holy Spirit is uh, coming and the Holy Spirit is coming with something. The Holy Spirit is the power. I mean, it's the promise and the promise is coming with its power. So if you look at Acts chapter one, verse eight, this is actually the key verse of the book of Acts or the primary key verse of the book of Acts. This verse, it highlights the primary purpose of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the baptism in the Holy Ghost means that the children of God will receive power so that we can what? So that we can do something. Well, what are we going to do? What does Jesus wants, want us to do? Let's go back to the scriptures. Go back to Acts 1 verse 8. What did the scripture say? But you shall receive power, okay? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and what are you, what are we going to do? And Jesus said, and ye shall be my witnesses. That's what it is. You need power to witness to other people. You need power to witness the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people. So the promise is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is coming with something, power, and to make us do something, to activate us, to kick us into doing something, and that is to be a witness for God. 
God has commissioned every believer to be a witness, to be a witness. But the only way that we can be a witness effectively is, and to witness for Christ effectively is to receive power. So to be baptized in the Holy Ghost means that God has made provision for us to receive power. What does this mean? Well, it means that God has supplied us. God has delivered to us. God has allocated to us. God has equipped us and God has presented to us. What did he do? What did he present to us? He presented the capability, the strength, the boldness, the confidence, and the courage to be infectious and contagious when spreading and transmitting the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what that's what the being baptized in the Holy Ghost is. You are capable of witnessing the gospel. Not only are you capable, but you are accompanied with strength. You're accompanied with boldness. And not only that, you are infectious and you are contagious when you spread the gospel. You have the ability to draw people to you and to uh, influence them to know about God and to be saved. You have the power to convert. So this all boils down to the power of God. Do you understand? It all boils down to the power of God. So in my dream, when I told you I was speaking in uh, tongues and I was praying in tongues and power came on me, the Lord gave me a filling up of the Holy Ghost that was accompanied by power. It was accompanied with power. And the power of God gave me the ability to speak in that man's native language. Why? Why did the Holy Ghost give me the ability to speak in that man's language? I don't know what language he spoke. I don't know if it was Arabic or what language he spoke, but God had given me the ability. Why? So that I could be an effective witness to him. So that I could be effective, so that I could bring about a result out of him. I could have spoken to that man in his native language without power but I would have been ineffective. It wouldn't have done nothing to him. But because the Holy Ghost came to fill me up and he came with power, God made me effective in that moment. Do you understand? It was the power behind the tongue and it was the power behind the ministering that raised that man up. Do you understand? That's why uh, if you go to the book of Ezekiel, I'm, I'm just thinking about this. It's not even written down. When Jesus, uh, when the Lord tells Ezekiel to speak to the dry bones, prophesy to the dry bones. You need the power of God to prophesy to dry bones. You have unbelievers walking around here with dry bones and you need the power of God to resurrect them to resurrect them. So that's why when I had finished praying, the man and his wife, they came to me and they said, how must we be saved? It was because the, the power of God spoke to their dry bones, raised them up. How can we be saved? Did they ask because I prophesied? 
Or did they ask me how could they be saved because I spoke in their native language? No, they asked because they felt the power of God flowing through me. The Holy Ghost showed up with power. He showed up with power to be effective and to bring about the results. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter one, verse 16, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? He says, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It is the power of God that brings salvation. It was not my language. It was not my understanding of the scriptures, but it was the power of God behind the language behind the prophecy that urged them to say, how must we be saved? That's why it takes the power of God to witness. Some people can witness, they know the scriptures, but they have no power. Do you understand? You have some people who can prophesy. God can show them things, but they have no powers to bring about results. But sometimes God will fill us up with the power and give us different gifts to help us be more effective in witnessing and bringing the lost to the kingdom of God. And we're going to get into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me explain. I live in a highly Islamic community. I'm a Christian. I'm a minority over here. Not because I'm an African-American woman. It's because I am a Christian. I live next to the mosque and I'm surrounded not only by uh, the Islam religion, but I'm surrounded by other religions as well. And they outnumber us over here. And there's another family that's a Christian. It might just be us too. I don't know if there's anyone else, but everybody else is a worshiper of the God of the Islamic religion. And in this neighborhood, or when I go to the store, I am always witnessing. It might be to a Muslim or somebody of some other religion or just an unbeliever, but I'm always witnessing to them. But in order for me to be effective, God has to fill me up with power and he needs to provide me with another gift. Why? So that I can be effective and produce results. At the end of the dream, when I spoke in his native language, I knew not what I was speaking. I didn't know what I was speaking, but the man understood me. He understood exactly what I was saying. And after I had finished praying in tongues and prophesying, he and his wife came to me. That's why they said, how must we be saved? It was the power of God. Do you understand? I could have spoken in his native language. I could have preached the gospel, but if it was not without power, accompanied with power, it would have been nothing. It would have been ineffective. It would not have brought any results. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, listen, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority and on heaven and on earth. And he's saying, what is Jesus saying to the disciples? If you have the Holy Ghost, the filling of the Holy Spirit, then you have authority in heaven and on earth. And that's why he says, now go. He sends them out and he says, go make disciples of all nations. Well, if I'm going to go make disciples of all nations, I don't necessarily have to go to Afghan or Syria or any other Islamic place. I don't have to go there. To, to make disciples. I can go right here in my community and witness to the nations here. 
And if they're converted, they're going to go back and tell their family members. And it's going to reach to the ends of the earth. But Jesus said, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That means if you're a believer in Christ, you have authority too, because Christ is dwelling in you. And he said, go, he sends him out. He's like, go make disciples of all nations. And then what do you do with that? Baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit and do what? After you have baptized them, after you have converted them, he says, and teach them. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he says, surely, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is the power of the Holy Ghost in you. That is Jesus' spirit dwelling in you. He's going to be with us until the end of the age. So we have to go and be operative. So this is the purpose of receiving power. When Jesus gives us power, this means that Jesus is giving us more than strength. He's given us more than ability. But what is he doing? He is designating. He is choosing. He is assigning us to have authority in witnessing for him. That's what he's doing. In my dream, I'm dealing with a Muslim man. Okay. I, like I said, he appears to be a Middle Eastern of, of Middle Eastern descent. And um, the only way that I could have been effective in ministering to him is by having authority. I needed authority. The church corporately and individually is commissioned by Jesus Christ. That means they are ordered. We are ordered by Jesus Christ to make disciples. But we need authority. And not only we need authority, we need the right gifts to be effective, to win them over to Christ. Do you understand? That's the whole point of the book of Acts 1.8. You shall receive power and be my witness unto the ends of the earth. That's my whole commission as a child of God and every child of God, every believer. Your commission is to receive the power of the Holy Ghost and to be a witness for Christ. But you need to be effective. You need to be able to drive results. And the only way we can do it is by the power of the Holy Ghost. And not only that, but using every gift, like I said, every gift necessary to be effective for the kingdom of God. Okay? So the gifts are the tools. The gifts are the evidence of the Holy Spirit. They are the resources to help us be effective in the kingdom of God. They are useful for bringing about results. But behind the gifts is the what? Is the power. We need power to drive the results. We need power to bring about results. Do you understand? Let me now. I'm going to tell you about a real experience that I have. And it's probably connected to the dream. So, um. I'm not sure, but I'm sure it has something to do with it. The other day I'm at Walmart and I'm telling you, I'm a mother, I'm a wife. My kids are small. They have, I have to go to uh, get lunches for them every other day. I'm always at Walmart. Um, I don't often buy in bulk. So I'm there. I'm there all the time. But um, as I'm le uh, as I'm leaving Walmart, I'm checking out and I'm putting the basket up, this man, a uh, Muslim man, you know, he has the garment on and everything. He comes right up to me, right up to me. And he says, um, there's an aura about you. Like he's trying to say, you got a good spirit or something. And um, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what do you do? And I said, yeah, I, I mean, I work in ministry. That's what I do. I work for a church and, uh, and I teach the word of God. 
And he's like, oh, okay. So he's kind of starting to get a little bit nervous. And so um, he he uh, begins to say something. And I said, no, Jesus. Well, that's probably connected to the dream I had. He says, no, Jesus. And, and no, I said, no, Jesus. And I began to teach him and tell him about who Jesus was. But by this time, he didn't want to know anything about me anymore. He was trying to get out of my presence. You see, he's trying to get away from me. Why? Why was he trying to get away from me when I'm telling him about Jesus? Well, it's because I needed a particular gift in the Holy Ghost so that I could be effective. If I had the gift of tongues with the power supporting the gift, then I would have been more effective to him, like the disciples at Pentecost. Okay? The Bible says that the that the men at Pentecost, they were devout men. They were devout men of every nation. And the men there, they were bewildered. This means that these men were spiritual men. They were probably worshipers of God, but unconverted worshipers of God. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. They weren't truly saved, but may have been something like this guy that I met. You know, he thinks he believes in God and he's devout. And, and that's what the Bible said. Every nation under the sun was there at Pentecost. And you had devout men, spiritual men of every nation there. And when they heard the disciples speaking in their languages, the Bible says that the men were deeply puzzled and confused. They were puzzled and confused. That's what bewildered mean. Devout mean they were spiritual. Okay. They were spiritual, but unconverted worshipers of God. And not only were they spiritual, but they were, um, they were now spiritual men that were deeply puzzled and confused. And the scripture says that they were amazed at what was happening to them. They were amazed. So the man in my dream and the man in Walmart, they were deeply spiritual men, right? But they weren't converted. They weren't believers of Jesus Christ. And they're not worshiping the true God. They were, but they are devout men to their God. They're devout men in their religion. And God is telling me, this is what I believe the Lord is telling me to seek the spiritual gifts so that I can prophesy to them. Okay. When I say prophesy, I don't mean like creating uh, a message like I'm doing now. Like I wrote this down. Uh, I usually allow the Holy Spirit to give me understanding so that I can teach uh, the word of God. That's my spiritual gift. And by the way, the spiritual gift of teaching and what I'm talking about now, this power is not the same thing. I mean, every believer has spiritual gifts, but this, what I'm talking about is power to be effective. Okay. And God does, uh, give me the power, uh, to prophesy to people. Uh, that's not the problem, but this is a, a different kind of people. Okay. To a different kind of people. And I believe that God is showing me in the dreams because I had about one, two, three dreams. Two, I know about speaking in tongue, but uh, three of them were about me ministering to Muslims. And he's saying, I believe the Lord is saying, seek the spiritual gifts so that I can effectively prophesy to them. That means to be able to give them a spontaneous word effectively in their language, in their native language. Okay. Do you understand? I've had many dreams ministering to Muslims. 
but they are de- some of them are very devout people in their religion. And the only way that I am going to be able to get their attentions and to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ is to have the power of God and to have the certain gifts so that I can be effective. Do you understand? The power of God is what will win them over to Christ. But the gifts, the spiritual gifts will give them the understanding. It will give them the understanding of what I'm saying. Okay. And the power is what's going to change them. It's what's going to change them in their, in the inside, change their heart. It's what's going to convert them. It's what's going to transform their mind. So that's why the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had come, the scripture says that the disciples were all together in one place. Remember what Jesus told them, don't leave Jerusalem, but to do what? But to wait for what the father had promised. The father had promised what? The Holy Ghost. And they were all together in one place. And what happened when they were there in that one place? The scripture says that suddenly, suddenly a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them and they start distributing themselves and a tongue rested on each one of them, on each disciples, disciple. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they had what? Begun to speak with different languages as the spirit was giving them utterance. This means that they were speaking when di- in the foreign languages as the Holy Ghost was giving them the ability to speak out. Okay. So let me break down what's going on in this, um, um, in this passage, what happened. So number one, the disciples, uh, as they were waiting, God had, Jesus had prophesied to them. Okay. He had prophesied, wait for the Holy ghost. He's coming with power. He's going to give you, um, the ability to witness. Okay. So number one, there was an audible manifestation that the Holy ghost had come and was descending upon each of them. There were about 120 disciples. Okay. This was a prophetic sign that the Holy spirit was coming with power as Jesus had told them. Okay. So the Hebrew and Greek words for spirit, uh, Hebrew is ruash and Greek is pneuma. And that means wind and wind is one of the biblical symbols for the Holy spirit. Go to John chapter three, verse eight. The scripture said the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So everyone who has been born with the spirit, it's the same thing. So wind is interpreted in scripture as the Holy Ghost. Okay. Number two, um, there was a visual manifestation. So number one, what did I say? There was an audible manifestation. They heard wind. You can't see the wind. You can't see where it's coming. You can't see where it's going. Okay. They heard wind, but not only did they hear wind, it was rushing. So the Holy Ghost was coming with power. Okay. That's number one. The second manifestation was a visual, uh, a visual uh, manifestation of visible cloven tongues like fire. Okay. And they rested on each of the disciples. That was a prophetic symbol that the Holy spirit was coming to do something. Okay. The fire of God, it was coming to do something. Well, what was it coming to do? It was coming to empower them to be fiery, to be intense, 
to be bold, to be contagious witnesses for Christ, okay? So they heard the manifestation. They saw the fiery tongues, right? That was coming to bring the power so that they can witness, okay? It was coming to empower them. Number three, what else did they see? Well, or what else did they experience? They experienced the speech and then the speech came. Well, the language, they were all speaking in other languages as the spirit gave them utterance. So you can underline, highlight, or circle as the spirit gave them utterance. This means as the spirit gave them the ability to communicate and make a sound. If God is going to have me or anybody witness uh, in the Holy Ghost, uh, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you the power and he's going to give you the um, the ability to communicate. So at Pentecost, uh, the spirit gave them the ability to speak other tongues. A, they were a variety of native languages that were understood by the different nations represented in the crowd. So these foreign languages spoken, it was something that was supernatural. They didn't have to go to some ESL class. They didn't have to study all the different languages. It was a supernatural ability to communicate by the Galilean disciples. So what was going on in that moment? Well, That was a corporate prophetic sign that the witness of the church was to be a universal example to minister the word of God, the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ to the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay. So in this passage, you can see Acts 2, you can see that Jesus had told the disciples about a threefold, a threefold promise. Let's go back to 1-8, Acts 1-8. What is the threefold promise? A. Number one, Jesus talks about the promise of the Holy Ghost coming with power. He came. This is at Pentecost. B, Jesus said, so they shall be my witnesses. They witnessed. C, Jesus said that they would witness to the uttermost ends of the earth. Well, what happened? They proclaimed the gospel to every nation under the sun. That's what happened. The Holy Ghost, Jesus prophesied. He told them he's going to come. He came. He said, and when he come, you're going to receive power so that you can be my witness. They witnessed. And then Jesus said to where? To the uttermost ends of the earth. They proclaimed the gospel to every nation under the sun. They spoke in foreign languages that to enable them to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out as fast as possible. That's why God gave them the ability to speak in tongues. At that in that context, okay? So the key part was to wait for his power. They were not to minister until they had received power. So we see in the book of Acts chapter one, we see the prophecy. In Acts chapter two, we see the manifestation of the prophecy. Let's go and read in verse five. We'll read the scripture. The scripture says, now there was Jews residing in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered. Remember I said they were bewildered er earlier because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. Can you imagine going somewhere and you from a different country, you have different nations next to you and everybody on a stage is speaking to you in their language, into your own language. That's what was going on. They were bewildered. They were amazed. The scripture said that they were astonished. Why? He said, because are not all these uh, who are speaking Galileans? 
You know, it's like being a Texan and you go speak Arabic in Saudi Arabia or something. I don't know. In this person, a, a Texan, that's what was going on. They were, and they started saying, how is it that each, we each hear them in our own language? The gospel was going out in every language that was under the sun. And they were saying, how is it to the language that we were born in, that we, that we received at birth? How is it? You have Parthians there. The nation of Parthians, Medes there, and Elamites there, and the residents of Mesopotamia there. You had Judea there, and Cappadocia there, and Pontus there, and Asia there, and Phrygia there, and Pamphylia there, and Egypt was there, and the parts of Libya was there, around Cyrene was there, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, those that had been converted to the Jewish nation, they were there. You had the Cretans there, and the Arabs there. Every nation under the sun was there to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the fastest way to be effective and to get the gospel out, God gave them power and the ability to communicate to them. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. And they all continued in amazement and they were all perplexed. Every nation under the sun, they were looking at each other crazy like, is this going on? Am I hearing this? Is this for real? Are you telling me this is what's going on? The Bible said these were devout men. These were highly spiritual men, but they were unconverted. They did not have Jesus Christ who forgives sins. It is Jesus that forgives sins, that washes away sins by faith. That's why the man in my dream, the Muslim man and his wife, they said, how must we be saved? After they heard the gospel in their native language, I knew not what I was saying in my dream, but they understood me. That's the power of God. And we need that. But these devout men, they were looking at these Galilean disciples like they were crazy. They're like, these men jeering. These men are full of wine. And Peter was like, no, we're not full of wine. He stood up and he began to minister. This is the first sermon after Peter had received the power of the Holy Ghost. And he stood up with all with the other 11 disciples. And he lifted up his voice and he said to them, he said, look, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem. He said, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk. These men are not drunken. These disciples, um, I, I think there's some women there too. He's like, we're not drunken as you suppose, as you think we are. Seeing that it's only but the third hour of the day. It's too early in the morning to be drunk is what Peter is saying. We're not drunk. He's saying, but what does he say? He said, but this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It was a prophecy told by Joel. The Lord spoke of it too. And verse 17, it says, and it shall come to pass. I'm in Acts chapter two. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. After Pentecost, we're in the last days. And God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Joel prophesied and he said, what? And your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, that's, I must be an old man because I'm dreaming dreams. That's me. What is the word of God saying? What is the word of God saying? After Pentecost, we are in the last days. Okay. We're in the last days. We are in the age of judgment against evil. God is going to judge evil in these last days. And the body of Christ must do what? Take authority. We have to be able to take authority over demons. The body of Christ has got to wake up. We have got to wake up to bring salvation 
to the human race. There are people who are perishing because they don't know Christ and they don't understand Christ. And they are brought up in all these different religions. And they think that Christianity is some type of separate religion. And it's not. Jesus Christ died for the world. He died for every human being on the earth. And he wants to save everybody. But the body of Christ has got to wake up and seek power so that they can bring salvation effectively. So they can convert hearts and transform minds and not only bring salvation, but bring the presence of the kingdom of God right now in these last days, this wicked generation, the kingdom of God is not something that is observable. Nobody can say where it is. Nobody can say, look, it's over there. Nobody can say that it's meat and eat. We don't drink and eat in the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't we need that right now? Don't we need righteousness, meaning right doing in the kingdom of God to be made presence in this wicked generation? Don't we need peace? Wouldn't you do anything for peace? Well, Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. And we need that. The body of Christ needs to bring that into this generation to bring right doing to bring peace and to bring joy in the Holy Ghost. That is what the body of Christ needs to do. And God is saying, wake up, wake up. We are in the last days. We're in the last days. And the only way that we are going to make it through the last days is that we will be carried on by the power of God, the power of God. The last days involve the invasion of God's power through Christ into the realm of Satan and sin. It is a prophetic time. It is a time for prophetic witnessing. It's what's going on. A lot of times we in the body of Christ, we do the same thing. We go to church. We go to Wednesday night church. We might go back on Sunday. We're praying, we're reading our Bible. And that's wonderful. We should be doing that. We should be doing that. But there are levels in this thing where we need to get to the point at this time in this dark season where we are coming against spiritual warfare. It's a prophetic time. We need to be witnessing and calling everyone to repent and to believe in Jesus Christ. And so that they can also experience the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And the only way we're going to do that and be effective is by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we need the spiritual gifts to bring the understanding with the power supporting behind the gifts. God is saying to the body of Christ, wake up, wake up. You got to start proclaiming the saving work of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit until the day of wrath. You got to do it all the way into the end. God is saying the only way that you're going to be affected in these last days is if you experience the fullness of his power. Not just some of it. We can experience the fullness of his power. Okay, you have the gift of teaching. That's me. But what about other gifts? You can use the gift of the Holy Spirit to minister to the lost, to minister to the Islamic community in my um, community, in my neighborhood, to bring other people into the fold. As we are facing spiritual warfare, as we are bringing other people into the fold, we got to experience the power of God and we got to desire that gift. We got to desire the gift. 
but more so desire the ability to prophesy. That's what Paul said. Yeah, follow after charity, follow after love as though your life depends on it. Absolutely. Desire the spiritual gifts. I desire the gift, but more so he's saying desire the ability to prophesy to prophesy, to be able to give a word to someone on the streets and convict them with judgment, not judgment, convict them with the word of God to bring them over to Christ, to win them over. That's what you need. That's what we need. And then use the spiritual gifts to bring understanding to the people that may not can't understand you, to show the power of God working through you. They sometimes People need to see something miraculous. God knows who he's dealing with. God created them. But wouldn't it be something to be ministering to the word of God, to be able to be effective and you're speaking to someone in their native language? They don't understand you, but you start speaking. They're going to be be bewildered just like the people were at the day of Pentecost. God wants us to be effective as believers in Jesus Christ, be effective witnesses. But again, we need to bring power and we need to desire all the spiritual gifts so we can bring about results. We can bring, I can, I can teach all day, but I can't teach to people who speak a different language to me and win them over to Christ and who hardly understand me. I can't do that. And I'm not talking about you know, I know there's an unknown language. The Bible said there's an unknown language that we speak to God and, and um, you know, we don't even know what we're saying, but God understands. I'm not talking about that. Uh, that's something that you do to edify yourself. It doesn't edify the body. And it's a good thing because the Bible says that that person who's able to speak in an unknown tongue speaks to God. They don't understand, but they speak mysteries. They're able to speak the secrets of God. They bring the real presence of Jesus Christ. And someone, even someone that's not speaking um, in tongues, but they have the power of God to do that as well. Absolutely. But speaking in tongues in that unknown language when you're talking to God, yeah, great. It's a wonderful thing. And that's what we should desire that because that's going to bring about results too. You need power in that too to bring about results. But what I'm talking about, what I believe that the Lord is speaking to me is that I need power of God with other gifts to be more effective to these people that don't understand me so that they can see a sign and a wonder. These are not believers. You know, I don't think believers need to be looking for signs and wonders, but these people need to see a sign and a wonder. Okay. Sometimes God takes us into new dimensions. He takes us into new territory. Okay, that's just mean that God is expanding the, our territory. He's expanding the assignment for us. But in order for us to go into that territory, to go into that level, he's like, look, I need to fill you up with some power and I need to give you some new gifts. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. What? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What? And you shall be what? My witnesses. God is interested in making us effective witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is intended for everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, who professes a faith in Jesus Christ, to be born again and receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That was Christ's whole goal. 
That was his whole mission. His whole earthly mission was to baptize his followers in the Holy Ghost and instruct us to witness for him, to bring other people into the fold. I heard a pastor say the other day, the Holy Spirit is a missionary spirit. And I, and I agree. I couldn't agree more. He's a missionary spirit. The Holy Spirit is going after anyone and everyone to bring them into the fold, to reconcile them back to God so that they can be saved, they can have peace, they can have joy, they can do what's right in the Holy Ghost. That is what he's doing. And to bring them to eternal life. I hope I made that clear. Um, like I said, I believe that message is for me. I believe God is calling me to seek the spiritual gifts, to seek the power of God, uh, to bring about spiritual gifts so that I can be more effective in these last days. Um, but I pray that this has encouraged someone um, and many people. Um, so anyway, God bless all of you. I hope and pray you guys have a wonderful night. This is Dr. Manette with Sew in Peace. I love you. Bye.